the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm not going to go through our whole intro. we got to get right down to it. Brass tacks, we're going to talk about NIL collectives. It's all the rage around college football. Uh, NIL has only been around for about a little over a year, and we found out in the LA Times this week that USC, outside of the Boulevard kind of collective plus that was part of that USC was setting up and doing all that stuff, there is a booster run collective called Student Body Right. And we want to talk to the founders of that collective and kind of get an idea of what is going on. So we're going to have Dale Reck and, and Bill Hayden on the show, Hadden on the show, excuse me, uh, not Pat Hayden, Bill Hadden on the show talking about all that. Before we get to it, I just want to let everyone know our sponsor, Trader Joe's, has been great to us over the years. I want to thank them for years and years of working with uh, the Peristyle podcast. So make sure you get over to Trader Joe's, get whatever you need. Of course, the tailgating season is coming up and heating up right away. Tons of great stuff over at Trader Joe's. So check out TraderJoe's.com for all of that. And without further ado, I want to bring in our guests. A uh, couple of guys you might have seen if you're on the Peristyle, uscfootball.com. If you're not a member, make sure you get over there. Dale goes by Twaddlepucky on the Peristyle, and Bill goes by William Ralph. Uh, Dale and Bill, how are you guys doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us, Ryan, today, and uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to come forward and speak verbally what what we're doing. A week ago, we had no intention of really coming out and saying anything, but uh, earlier in the week, uh, Ken Azera's article came out and listed Arizona State as the number one leader in the Pac-12 NIL battle. Also listed Washington State and Cal, no visibility for USC. Uh, that started the interest in our group. Uh, maybe we better say something. And then what really made us go forward and talk with the Times and come out was uh, your excellent uh, uh, piece in the war room that basically showed there's a lot of confusion, more importantly, a lot of inf- misinformation. Uh, that's going on regarding the NIL landscape. Uh, that being said, before we get started, uh, our core group would like to reach out and thank you, Ryan, and specifically uscfootball.com, uh, for without both of you, we would not probably be having this discussion today. Uh, from that very first time, USC Larry took me to the very first uh, Ryan, old Ryan Mobile tailgate at the Coliseum <laughs> to then taking that beautiful vehicle on the road to Tucson, uh, later transitioning, uh, over to the way too generous Natty, 11 Natty's Mobile for three or four years. It really gave a lot of us an opportunity to meet, put faces to names and bond as Trojans. And then about the same time, uh, that first uh, LOI signing party at Josh Young's house, where I think, if I'm correct, Ryan, that was the very first time you ever did a live podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. We did a podcast over yeah. at his house. That yeah, was cool. Yeah. You were a bra- you were a brave man that day. We were <laughs> signing a lot of five stars with a lot of lubricated Trojans. So it uh, uh, it was actually the first appearance of Taylor uh, in his uh, chauffeur's uniform. Uh, just as a side note, I can assure everybody on the P that uh, uh, South Florida has permanently retired T. Lor's uh, USC Speedos in uh, uh, in the in behalf of the community. It's uh, well, we'll leave it at that. But again, uh, thank you for providing this opportunity. And over the years, this core group has come together, and uh, 
we'll move forward with that. Yeah, well, uh, so again, Dale, thank you. Hey, Go ahead, Dale, Bill. Can we, hey, Dale, is it, can we make sure that those retired uh, Speedos are secured in a place where no, not even an FBI raid can were, find them? <laughs> actually, the mayor of Boca Raton burned them. That's good. So, so not even a raid would uncover those. No, 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 no. They're gone. So we got, so the, if you're listening and you're a little confused, like many people probably are. Yeah. So we got some old school peristyle posters. So uscfootball.com has been around since 1996. It's been a while. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of alumni, a lot of boosters, a lot of fans have met over the years. And Dale and Bill are both uh, part of that community for, for many, many years. And uh, apparently a lot of the guys that met that are part of this collective were met on the site. So, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really glad. It's, I love it when USC fans can kind of get together, and we've had a lot of different outings over the years, so we appreciate that. Uh, but we want to get to the meat of what's going on here. You guys started a collective called Student Body Right. Came out of nowhere. Was like, holy crap, what's going on here? So I don't know if, Bill, you want to start off with some sort of like background info, or Dale, I don't know how you guys want to do this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little little bit more. Uh, uh, and we'll get into this a little, little bit later because we really want to uh, – spend the time in answering uh, uh, the peace questions. There seems to be a lot of confusion on there, but uh, let's, let's first take a look at what we're really dealing with here. All right. Much, much like the dot-com bubble in the nineties, the recent crypto craze, the NIL landscape today is truly the wild, wild West. Uh, there are existing rules and regulations, whether people like them or not, but they're changing daily. And before we roll student body right out, we want to make sure that uh, we're on the same page. Uh, before we really get into it, I, I kind of need to use an analogy here. Our whole mission is taking care of the kids. Now, I say kids because we view the moment a USC student athlete enrolls in that first class, they become part of the Trojan family. And they are our kids. And we take that very seriously and have over the years seen situations uh, that definitely uh, could be improved. Uh, and they have been, all, all things considered. That being said, uh, very early in my career, one of my Japanese mentors said to me, it's not important as to how you think about something or what you want to say. It's all about understanding what that person on the other side of the desk needs to hear to make an intelligent decision. And that comes with education and most importantly, listening to what their needs are. We've predicated student body rights in doing that. We've educated ourselves and we've asked a lot of questions a lot of questions of uh, alumni and fans, some of those being those that were displaced when the Coliseum was reconfigured. Uh, generational seats uh, were shifted. Uh, we talked to fans that were uh, not too happy when uh, the Trojan clubs were disbanded. But at the end of the day, with all those concerns and everything else, everybody had the same feeling that, when Traveler comes out of that tunnel on a Saturday afternoon with a band playing and the players following them, we're all together. And that's the most important thing right now is making sure we get back to winning national championships. So what we found in talking to people is there was a niche for what we wanted to do. And going forward with that, uh, we built student body rights. You okay with that, Bill? No, that, that's great. Um, I think, Dale, what I, I think it's important to um, also let people know that when we started thinking about this, obviously we saw a need and we saw an opportunity. Um, you mentioned this is kind of the Wild West. It is. Yep. It, 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 it could also be uh, categorized as this is, kind of a uh, first to market, a race to market, because the process of building a deep, talented roster 
uh, has added a new dimension to recruiting. Recruiting really is now two stages. Uh, step one is you get the commitment, whether that be verbal or uh, a signing. And then once you either have the verbal or the signing, step two now becomes retention. And that really is kind of a year-by-year retention uh, process. Now, that depends on the individual situation on a player-by-player basis, but that's all part of really what is new, what is now the new uh, recruiting or talent building matrix. So we've we've looked at this with a long-term vision. This is targeted toward USC football student athletes. A lot of people start saying all these collectives and boosters are going to start paying high school players before they arrive. That is not what we're doing. Our whole model is predicated on dealing with USC football student athletes who are already enrolled in the university and academically eligible. That makes sense, Bill. I know there's a lot of, when you talk about collectives, a lot of it is about talking about prospects and uh, that's, I want to make it clear that's not what you guys were focused on. Um, there's also been, I know, some questions on the Peristyle about the legalities of a collective. I mean, what's, you know, and you guys are doing a, a 501c3 status, I believe it is, with the, the charitable portion of that. Like, what, maybe talk on that a little bit, Bill, if you can. All right. Well, starting with, uh, technically, there's no legal uh, term uh, called collective. The NCAA uh, refers to collectives. They don't even use that term. Uh, collectives are used or referred to as boosters by the NCAA. So in putting this together, we've done our homework. We've read through the NCAA guidelines. And the one constant theme is that ultimately everything defers back to the individual state laws. Uh, governing NIL. So um, we are basing everything we're doing on what the NCAA says. And most importantly, we've read through the Senate bill that Gavin Newsom signed in September of 2019, known as the Fair Pay to Play Act. So we are uh, separate, completely independent of USC, that is one of the requirements of becoming a collective. And everything we are doing falls within the line of what the California State Bill Fair Pay to Play Act allows for. And it says that uh, NCAA student athletes um, at a post-secondary education institution um, are allowed to earn compensation through NIL uh, services, and no institution can prevent them from doing that. Yeah. So the as far as like the rules go, and it's very, you know, the NCAA rules. I think they just put a few of them out there. It kind of reverts back to the state laws, and yes. it seems like you guys are, you know, well aware of that. Was there? Did you have to like talk to lawyers about that? Like, where, you know, like who was involved in trying to help, you know, follow, make sure that this is a collective that's going to stay on the right side of the whatever the, the legal, you know, issues could be? We have talked to uh, at least three or four different attorneys who uh, are familiar with NIL and most importantly, NIL as it applies to California state law. We've uh, we're seeking the counsel of different opinions and perspectives. Um, we're also very deep in our reading and research of the existing laws that are on the books. So that that really is guiding everything we're doing. Um, look, let's, let's be real. Ideally, the, the, the overarching goal is to make USC as competitive as possible in terms of being able to offer a complete uh, experience for its football student athletes. We all love the university, and the last thing we would ever do 
would be to do something that would jeopardize it. That's why we're being so diligent in our research and seeking guidance from different uh, legal perspectives regarding NIL laws in California. Okay. Dale, so say I'm a college football player. I'm, a, I'm on the team right now. I'm at USC, been enrolled. Uh, and when you guys roll this out, do you contact me? Like, how does this, how would this process work? I think a lot of people are kind of curious about that. So. Well, the, the interesting thing is, as you read more and more and understand the, not only the complexities, but the more important, the uncertainty of how these things need to be done. Uh, we're still exploring that. And, 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 but we, we hope we're on schedule to get this out that, uh, uh, we'll have something up for the, uh, 20, 2023. We're not, we're, we're, we're not going to be, uh, able to do anything between now and then because we want it done the right way. There's several ways to go about that. Uh, we're still working with attorneys to make sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. Uh, but, uh, uh, we are, we are pretty far down the road in being able to say that, uh, uh, in 2023, uh, student athletes will have the opportunity, uh, to earn money. Nice. Um, and that, and that, that's what we're really emphasizing. Again, I want to stress, um, we will not in any way ever contact a high school recruit, we have no role, no interest of becoming anywhere near uh, the recruiting process. We are, look at it this way, we are in after the fact, after the enrollment takes place and the USC football player student athlete is academically eligible, that's when what we have to offer becomes an opportunity for them to earn NIL income. And, and, and they're going to have, and they're going to have to uh, comply and do some things. This is just not a, here's the check. Thing. Yeah. There's going to be certain components to this where they're going to have to participate to get, it's not pay for play. They're going to have to uh, step up and do some things uh, within the community and other, uh, other actions. Yeah, it, it is. It's stated um, in the NCAA and the California uh, state law, there has to be a quid pro quo. Um, the players have to perform NIL uh, services in exchange. They can be compensated. And that that is a basis for everything moving forward. Makes so sense. we look yeah. at this. Yeah, so we look at this as it doesn't have to be one entity or the other. The whole, our vision is that players will have multiple options and that works to the benefit of everyone who wants to help, you know, USC accomplish its goals and to provide the players with opportunities to earn NIL income. Okay. And that's every, and that's virtually every, virtually every player on the team, if they uh, fulfill their responsibilities of what's going to be asked of them. Which is, I yeah, mean, there'll and, be charitable, you know, uh, events or a, community there's service. Variety, there's a whole variety of different ways uh, that that's going to be accomplished. And that's what we're finalizing right now before we feel uh, we can roll SBR out. And yeah, we, we, we want to make this a macro opportunity for all the players. Okay. And the thing to remember is, um, players can have multiple NIL income streams. So I go back to, it doesn't have to be a one or the other scenario. We just want to provide an opportunity that is achievable for all the players of every stature from the biggest star down to the guys on the 3D. Right. And we even walk on provide opportunities. Yeah. And walk on Okay. There's some Absolutely. great stories. There, there, there's some great stories. Um, but UGA, there, there's three fabulous stories. Two guys got some NIL income, and they used it to pay for very serious medical treatments that their parents needed. Another guy was a walk-on, 
who used part of his money earned to help pay for his tuition. So here's- those are some great stories. And, and, and that, that, that's what needs to be stressed, you know, throughout all this. The, uh, so with the, a lot of times when you hear about a collective, like they might have to do an autograph signing or something like that. You guys have talked more about uh, community service, charitable organizations. Is that tied in with the, the 501c3 status? And what's the, I've heard a few collectives that have, have, have got that. I think Arizona and the PAC 12 is one of them, but what are the advantages of having like that charitable status? Well, a couple of, I want to clarify, community service can take on different connotations. Um, we're not going to necessarily say community service because that can imply giving something, but you, when you do that, you don't necessarily receive any, you know, financial compensation. So we want to partner with the charities because we think it's a twofold opportunity for the players. One, it allows them to earn NIL income but it also makes them part of the community. It's a growing experience for them and it, it helps build their brand. And within these charitable organizations, you also have a lot of USC alum and prominent uh, business owners, which naturally could yield itself to forming stronger relationships with the players and creating more opportunities. I think it also provides the players some greater flexibility in terms of uh, NIL services they can provide. Like, so also appearances and autograph signings, they are permissible uh, under the California state law and the NIL. And then with the, the, the status of your organization, uh, was it 501c3? I always get that wrong. I believe that's what it is. Is there yeah. an advantage of that where if you're donating money, it could at least partially be uh, written off uh, as a charitable donation, and you know what kind of advantage does a collective have if they have that status? That, that, uh, today, one of the things we'd like to uh, ask everybody that's listening to the podcast to do is, when they get the time, is get in touch with their individual tax consultants or tax preparer, CPA, and look at last year's taxes and see if there would have been any advantages uh, if you have anything in your taxes last year that could have been uh, used to uh, support SBR and then take a fast forward look uh, based on what your income is this year and see if it's going to make a lot of sense. So uh, that is there, but it really depends on the individual. As far as the collective goes though, do you, did you guys feel it was an advantage to have that status? Like what, what, what would be an advantage for you guys? Well, the biggest advantage uh, really comes down to the um, potential for the donations to be tax deductible. Um, to set this up as a collective, um, we felt that that would be the most appealing and most effective way to help um, raise donations that can be applied toward creating opportunities for the players as a not-for-profit organization, I also think, we also think that that will align us more philosophically with the charities that we want to bring into play to create opportunities for the players. I know you guys aren't going to roll out till 2023, but is the thought that it's sort of going to be a, you know, if you do these many events, you get paid this much money or everyone's about to get the same. Or if someone donates, can they say, hey, I want to give this to the starting quarterback or the starting middle linebacker? Like, how, how do you feel like distribution of what you guys collect would be set up? Or what's, what's the plan for that? I, I, I'll let Dale start on that and then I'll elaborate after he begins to answer because we kind of have been, we've been discussing that and uh, we're working on that from different angles uh the intent is to make this available to every player as i think it's even been mentioned uh in the times article we're we're looking towards some type of opportunity to create a a a base uh salary for every player on the team uh based on uh they're putting in the effort and the work uh to get that done we uh uh, are not going to get involved with 
the type of deals that uh, Boulevard has been doing, uh, Rock Nation or Smith and Company, I think, which is Carl Williams, uh, Cleve's dad thinks we're not we're not going to get involved in that. We have no interest in that. We don't have the expertise for that. We live that up. We're a very niche oriented collective. Uh, and let me just say at this point, it's important to say that because uh, when we started looking at this, uh, Texas had one uh, collective. I think everybody kind of remembers this. It kind of got everybody's protect interest when they said they were going to provide $50,000 for each offensive lineman, which is basically 15 or 16 players. Fast forward six months, there are now five different collectives at Texas with each one identifying a niche that allows people who see something that lets them make that decision based on their needs on how and who they want to donate, which at the end of the day makes the program better. So that's the position we're at. We're, we're not a one-stop shop. We're very uh, particular, and we see uh, this working toward our core value, which is taking care of our kids. Yeah. And, and to uh, expand on that, Ryan, we do not and will not get involved in dictating or determining how much a particular player makes or determining who gets what. Um, that is not our role as a collective. We are not in the talent negotiation uh, and representation business. We um, are staying clean and clear of that. Um, it's in, when a player is responsible for disclosing and getting, uh, disclosing whatever agreements they have been uh, offered to making sure that it is NCAA compliant. Their responsibility is to submit it to whomever USC uh, designates to receive this information. Um, based on state law, USC cannot prevent the student athlete from entering into an agreement unless it violates a contract the university currently has in place. And I will give you an example. Let's say a university is an Adidas team and they wear Adidas apparel, their jersey. Uh, a player on that particular team could not enter into an, an agreement to wear Nike. So that's an example of, of violating an existing contract that the university, a university may have in place. But other than that, uh, based on California state law, if there's no conflict with existing contracts, um, the student athlete is permitted to engage and, and follow through in that agreement, as long as it falls within the state guidelines. Yeah. That, so, that's a, uh, okay. That's a good segue to, uh, there are some questions that some of the posters on the peristyle, if you know that the premium message war, we've been talking about the peristyle, the P throughout this podcast, yeah. but we have some questions from them and um, I'll throw some out of you guys, either one, if you want to jump in, but Dorset seven uh, along the lines of what you were saying, Bill is, how will they be able to operate without the support of USC? And Mike Bone did come out with a statement, the athletic director, asking people to uh, focus on Boulevard. Um, but what, yeah, what would you say? I mean, you, I, I think you kind of explained a little bit that there's nothing USC can really do about it, but any issues with operating if, if USC is not, uh, I guess, in full support of uh, student body right? No, there, well, there's no issues. I mean, we, we, look, we didn't set out and we're not setting out to do this to create an adversarial relationship. And I use the word relationship in the loosest context. There is no relationship. We are an independent entity from the university, but we, we, we're not looking at this as competition in an adversarial way. Our focus is on creating as many NIL income earning avenues as possible for the players. That, that, that just benefits everyone. Um, that, 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 that's our goal. So while players have to opt in to, uh, join student body rights, we encourage them to opt into as many places as possible. This, this is about helping them. This is not about, you know, who's, who's king of the hill in terms of providing NIL 
earning income opportunities yeah. for them. Did you want to add something? So to it, it, yeah, there, there is under the NCAA guidelines, as loose as they are, uh, there is a firm definition that uh, there can be no coordination uh, communication between the university and the standalone collective. So uh, we're, we're, we're separate that uh, as I described in the uh, LA times article, uh, there is no possibility for blowback on the university in any way uh, at any time, as long as we are in compliance. And if that compliance, is not met, then that comes back on us and will in no way affect the university. Okay. And since we're, and we're doing this out of our love for the USC football players, student athletes, and, and, and we all want the same thing. So this is why we've been so diligent and continue to be diligent in making sure that everything we're doing is compliant with California state law and, and also following NCAA guidelines. We want to make this as easy as possible for the players to get an offer and submit it for approval. And, you know, we're going to make sure that they're not getting offers uh, from the charities that we're involved with that would prevent any conflict of interest or violate any existing contracts that the university might have in place with United Airlines or their, you know, their apparel brand partner. So we're all in, we're all in this to make sure that this is done completely above board. So there's no risk to anyone. USC Taylor 13 wants to know, are there any partnership opportunities with Boulevard or stay doubted? What do you guys Dale, think? Dale, you've had some, Dale, you've had, we, 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 we've, some we've, had calls. Some, we've had some conversations. Uh, we reached out and, uh, at a given point, we'll go through our journey uh, where we reached the point in the formation of this. I think it was about the three-month point where we had our basic <laughs> conceptual plan in place and saw there was some duplication uh, between us and uh, Boulevard. And so we reached out uh, to Boulevard uh, asking them, you know, hey, we've we, we see duplication here. Uh, at that point, uh, it was agreed that uh, they felt they were on the right track. So we backed off uh, until they have made their Zoom calls. And uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit more. But uh, we reached out to them. And also at that time, uh, we reached out to people within USC, which we were able to do because we were not officially a collective to let Heritage Hall and others know exactly what we were trying to do. Uh, we didn't get a response, so we continued forward. And uh, uh, again, uh, once we are at the point we're right now, it's uh, uh, almost impossible to uh, have communication with that as Boulevard is per their agreement uh, an extension of USC. Okay. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, our buddy Fear SC on the, the P had a couple questions. How are you going to manage ongoing overhead costs and compliance? 
I, I'm not really sure exactly what he means by compliance. I don't know if he's talking about financial reporting compliance that's incumbent upon a 501c3 to provide. Uh, I'm going to say that's what he's asking because I think we've already, and if it's not, we've already covered the other compliance uh, spectrum. So all the money received is going to be handled by a third-party licensed CPA. So that CPA will provide all the financial reporting requirements. Everything we do will be transparent and open to uh, public uh, review. And then overhead costs, what's, uh, I mean, is there administration fees? Like how does that work? Yeah, this has been an interesting conversation. And uh, uh, to be candid, one we had uh, with Boulevard, we, we we look at overhead in different ways. Uh, fortunately, uh, when we rolled the concept of this out, uh, the outpouring of pro bono help from USC alumni, from USC fans that had specific expertise in a lot of these administration areas up front, uh, just said, you know, tell us what you need and we'll do it. Um, that's been very helpful so far, but, uh, when we got to the point uh, where we had to deal with hard costs, uh, there are, there's been uh, a real, real quick action from people within not only our core group, but our secondary group to step up and take care of those costs. So basically the way we look at it is anybody who chooses uh, to participate in student body rights, every every dollar that's donated uh, is not subject to an administrative cost uh, that is taken care of outside of that. And we feel confident that that's done that way. So, you know, when you give that dollar, it's not going to get that 5% or whatever number that happens to be. That's already taken care of as part of a donation uh, from part of our group. So everybody's just, so, doing, everyone's doing it. You guys are just all of it's pro bono right now. Like you guys are all just helping out and pro, pro bono when there is hard costs, people within the group have stepped up and incurred that cost Wow! as, okay. as an outside the outside. We, we are so committed to taking care of the kids that that, 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 that was really a no brainer. We didn't even have to ask the minute we threw it out there, somebody stepped up. And then, now I will also, I will also add Ryan that, uh, incumbent upon a collective is to use the, the money that's donated and apply that toward creating opportunities for the players. And in, in this case, this will be our, our outreach to the charities to build, uh, I'll call them alliances and partnerships that, um, can then be used to expose them to the USC players who opt in. So um, there, there, there's no commissions involved. Um, there, there's no handling fees, no hidden hands that, that sometimes can come into the pool of money that um, let's call it a, a, an agency, uh, be it a talent marketing agency um, in a traditional sense or any type of media marketing agency may have because they, they do have harder costs. Um, if they're in the production business, digital production business, uh, they are either going to have to outsource it and pay someone to do it or they do it internally, but they still assign uh, an hourly value to doing that. Okay. So um, we're uh, cognizant of that. So that's, the, the money that comes in is applied all toward building partnerships and uh, there, there's no hidden hands coming in and grabbing little slices of it. Yeah. Even like a GoFundMe, I think they charge about 3% or something. So this is uh this is good that people know if they're donating money, uh, it's going all to the players, but you mentioned the charity who will Matt will on the peristyle said, how will they decide which charitable entities they will engage with. What's the process there? Well, when we, when we begin marketing, when we're open for business, so to speak, um, 
we will be marketing and contacting the charities. We will be providing to them a list of guidelines that um, really are guidelines to protect everyone, but also guidelines that can create opportunities for how they can use uh, USC football players' name, image, and likeness to help the charities accomplish uh, their marketing efforts and, and advance their causes. Uh, anything else you want to add to that, Dale, or are you good? Yeah, there, there is some other facets to this, but at this point, we're, we're not ready to roll out. But uh, when we do, it'll really tie all this together and uh, uh, in a lot of ways uh, tie some other things uh, together. They're going to make people really happy. But uh, we're not there yet. Again, back again and again, every day we talk, the first thing is due diligence. Let's plan for the worst case scenario. Let's plan for contingencies. We're not there yet to roll that out. And that's part of the reason uh, student body right is not functional right now. We've got to get the proper legal clarification for that. By the way, while we're on that subject, and I think uh, the people that are listening to this, if they really want to continue educating educating themselves, uh, there's kind of like is developing the unofficial Bible for uh, NIL collectives, and it's uh, it's very simple to uh, access. Uh, Google BCS, like the old BCS playoff system, but that comes up BCS, which is Business of College Sports. Uh, go down uh, on their webpage and click on NIL collectives. Uh, it is fascinating. It literally lists every collective at every university that has one up and running. Uh, it tells you how they do things, who's involved. We're not there yet to go on and put student body right on there, but we will be soon. In addition to that, uh, the person that really started that uh, hats off to, uh, was it Christy Doge, Bill? Yes. Am I correct on the spelling of that? Yes. Uh, who is and you're pronouncing NIL, it correctly. Yeah. Uh, an NIL attorney uh, who probably has a good grasp on uh, – what the daily changes are in the NIL, which, uh, and by the way, while you're on that website, uh, you can sign up for a free newsletter. Uh, everything's free uh, from that, but it's, it's fascinating to look at. You go down on some of the other uh, uh, tabs down there. They even talk about how car deals are being done to uh, this money being provided to get kids into cars. Uh, it, it, it's a fascinating read. But at the same time, it's a good part uh, or a good way to educate yourself on uh, what collectives are all about. And more importantly, what isn't a collective? Yeah. Um, Brian Kennedy's name came up. Uh, he's, you know, his name is on one of the practice fields over at USC next to Howard Jones. I wanted to kind of talk about some of the people that were involved. Are you at liberty to talk about who some of the, uh, the boosters are, you know, any, anything I, I, like that? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because uh, when we were looking to do this podcast four or five days ago, we had other members of our core team uh, that uh, wanted to participate. But again, going back to uh, planning for worst case scenarios and contingencies, uh, it was decided uh, not knowing how the university would react to this. Uh, some of those people have season tickets, other relationships with USC. Uh, we decided to keep them off. And uh, it, it was a prudent idea because uh, within the last 12 hours, uh, I personally have received uh, questions from uh, another website that uh, that question could only have come from someone having access uh, to USC records. Uh, fortunately, I had people in the room that heard that. I questioned where they got that. They wouldn't answer. So uh, like many things in society today, uh, and at the same time myself, there's been other uh, alleged uh, movement toward uh, 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 things derogatory about Brian. 
so uh, I've moved forward and I'm going to just put it out there right now. Uh, I've moved forward. Fortunately, I'm in a financial position to be able to retain uh, attorneys with this. And uh, there are attorneys that are very uh, familiar with uh, USC. So uh, I wish we could have brought more people in. I wish we could name people, but unfortunately with the climate that's out there right now with, uh, for whatever reason, people uh, don't like what we're doing. Uh, Bill and I have uh, literally nothing uh, that uh, can be affected by any of this. So that's why you've got the two of us today. The other people of the core and even the secondary group would love to come on, but for, for right now, it's uh, advisable that uh, we take that position. Um, one last one, and, from, one from the P. Trojan Actual wants to know, how can we donate? Is this something that, you know, the random USC fan wants to donate? Or are they able to get involved? That's a complex question. Again, if you've done your due diligence, is the way we are structured, uh, we cannot ask for donations or any contribution, but we can refer somebody to our website, which will be up and running. And off of that website, you'll learn what we do, how we do it, and give you an opportunity if that's what you like uh, to be part of it. Correct. We, we, um, we are setting out to inform everyone possible about what we are about and why we exist and the opportunities that we want to create for the players. If someone wants to get involved, um, they can read up about what we're doing and um, they can get additional information on how to proceed if that's their choice. Um, one thing I also want to stress, it, it's related to, to uh, donations and the money. Um, before any compensation is executed, there, there's a trigger that has to uh, occur. And that is uh, documented proof that every agreement that's uh, signed um, needs to be proven that it is compliant with California state laws and the NCAA guidelines and that it, it is not conflicting with any existing contracts that the university has in place. So once that uh, burden of proof has been shown, that's when the uh, release of the money will be made. So the money that people donate is protected. Again, a, a licensed third-party CPA firm will be managing the money, uh, is protected, and before anything is released in payment, uh, it's only going to be released once it's proven that that particular agreement uh, is in full compliance. All right. We got Dale, Dale Reck and uh, Bill Haddon. Appreciate you guys coming on, uh, the founders of the Student Body Right Collective. I know we've uh, it's been going on for a little while now. Um, any last things you, you wanted to put out there that I, maybe I missed in the questions or anything or anything you wanted to make sure that people kind of understand before we sign off? Yeah. Have, have patience. Understand we're trying to do everything right to protect our kids. We don't want problems. You don't want problems. Definitely the university doesn't want problems. Uh, that's our goal. Uh, we want to do it right. We want to get it right the first time. And we want to make this happen to take care of our kids. Absolutely. We, I guess the best way to uh, phrase this is we are moving with disciplined urgency and we have another significant dimension that we want to add to this, but under the umbrella of discipline urgency and doing our due diligence, we have to make sure that everything is properly put in place. So um, that's going to hopefully be part of our launch, and we're going to be doing it as quickly as possible as long as everything is done properly. Discipline urgency. Up, I like and that. And what, yes. And, and once. Uh, that is up, the mechanism will make this run smoothly and quickly. And, and, and we're confident that uh, it sounds complicated, uh, 
there's there's a reason that uh, we only have six percent of the population in the United States, but we have sixty sixty six percent of the lawyers around the world. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we we all need to understand that and and deal with the fact that uh, like them or not, they're there and uh, we have to listen to them. So uh, hopefully, Ryan, uh, at another time with another podcast, uh, we'd like to take everybody through our journey. Uh, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, it it's it's actually quite fascinating on how we progress to where we're at this point, and uh, we'd love to share it with uh, your folks on the P at a, at another time. Would love to do that, Dale. I appreciate it. Yeah, for uh, another podcast. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you uh, spending some time coming on. We'd love to hear uh, more of your thoughts uh, on a future podcast for sure. But Dale, Bill, thanks again for coming on. And thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, Ryan. And, All right. Uh, fight on. All right. So that was uh, hearing from the student body right people. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to do another podcast. We've done like five podcasts this week, but the two-star recruiting podcast with uh, Gerard Martinez and Chris Trevino will be up there. So hopefully you enjoyed. We had Shotgun on this week. I had Chris Trevino on. I had Harvey Hyde on. And of course, now the uh, the guys from the Student Body Right Collective. So hope you guys all enjoyed this show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 